The manuscripts at the St. Odile Abbey are held behind bolted iron doors high up on a hill. In a place this old, dating back to the 600s, its books are treasures. It's not like at a local library, where you just take something off the shelf and then take it home for free. These pages, bound together with traditional wood covers, are filled with golden letters and words of wisdom. They are priceless. Maybe not for you, but for many others. This abbey, set high in the Vosges Mountains on the French and German border, has stood since the 600s. The crooked rocks of an exposed cliff mix with the walls of the courtyard, giving more a sense of defense rather than holiness. For centuries, perhaps even thousands of years, this region has been a crucial intersection of Europe. These mountains have been the setting of heavy fighting for Celtic tribes, Romans, Christians, and Nazis. Tourist maps will point out the many castles and churches to be found in ruins, but not this one. The Mont Saint Odile Abbey still stands in cycles of peace and mayhem. The manuscripts in the Abbey's library, now ancient, contain priceless accounts of life in these mountains. In their time, the monks chronicled their order and their faith through generations of manuscripts. Most modern audiences find this stuff kind of dull, but much better to read about it in a fantasy book with dragons. Even better, wait for it to become a TV show. Tourists still traverse the mountain to view the abbey, but the books in the library are off limits. Over time, they began to collect dust and fall into decay. That is, until the books started disappearing. Over a period of two years, from 2000 to 2002, over 1,100 manuscripts from the St. Odile Abbey went missing. It was a mystery to the priests and to the local police, since windows were locked and iron doors bolted. Someone was siphoning off ancient manuscripts into thin air. A break came in the case when a detective casually leaned on a bookshelf and it swung open to an abandoned chamber. Senior members of the Abbey, some there for decades, had no idea about this mysterious room, but someone did. This is Secret Passages, a podcast about the hidden histories and strange stories that lurk in the dark places of the world. I. M.E.S. Roadbiker. The bells of the church ring in the clear, still air like distant birdsong. From the abbey, set up on the mountaintop, you can see the trees and meadow that stretch into the black forest. Such thick woods have carried their own lore, like the ones written about in Grimm's fairy tales. The gingerbread cottage where Hansel and Gretel meet the hungry old woman is set in the Black Forest. But from the abbey, all looks calm. The shape of old glaciers still remains, 
with boulder and polished rocks like sleeping giants dotting the mountainside. The Rhine cuts through the low levels, and the snow-covered Swiss Alps can be seen afar. The abbey is fortified with sections of the pagan wall, a partition of stones dating back to the Celts. Even before nations or empires, there were tribes keeping this area safe from invaders. Precious things have always been brought to this spot for protection. The history we know is in thanks in part to the work of the white-robed monks that have walked these grounds since the 700s. From the highest point of the building, the namesake of the mountain and the abbey stands tall, looking down on it all. St. Odile sits as a delicate statue of reddish brick with a weather-worn turquoise green halo. It loops around her head like a hula hoop in orbit. St. Odile is the patron saint of eyesight. As the story goes, she was born blind to a powerful family, but then abandoned by her father, the Alsatian Lord Adelrich. Orphaned and cut off from her family, she was taken in by local peasants. Then on the day of her baptism, guided by angels, the local Bishop of Regensburg found young Odile and healed her blindness. The good news reached her father, and Adelrich welcomed his daughter home if she would marry a local ruler, further doubling down on what it means to be a really bad dad. Odile passed on the marriage proposal, and old Adelrich became enraged. She fled to the mountains where the abbey stands today. Adelrich in pursuit weaved through the maple and pine trees of the forest with an intense rage. Odile found one of the boulders lying like sleeping giants, and finding strength in her fear, she struck the rock. It awoke. The boulder cracked open to reveal a secret chamber. Inside the dark of the cave, Odile hid. Adelrich followed, but once inside, rocks fell all around Odile to protect her, while others landed near to crush her father. With the earth shaking and rocks reverberating, he was finally convinced of his daughter's value. It was a miracle. Lord Adelrich relented and gave Odile an abbey on the mountain top. She was its first abbess. Magic has always been on this mountain, and many pilgrims through the centuries have sought the same miracle of Odile. They enter its caves and bathe in the mountain of the water flowing below the abbey for its healing powers. They seek the same profound strength to do the impossible, to crack open rocks, find new pathways, and pass through their ordeal. Many in this part of the world are devoted to Saint Odile because her stories inspire people to continue to pass through life's many mysteries. For one local engineering teacher, an obsession with the stories of the saint led to a novel discovery, unknown to even the most devoted. His obsession led to a long-abandoned secret chamber in the Abbey's library. When he entered the dark unknown of this mysterious room, it led him to the treasures of the Abbey.
Once inside, he took the ancient books for himself. Stanislas Gauss was a former naval officer, living in nearby Strasbourg, teaching engineering. He was engrossed in the stories of the Abbey, its cycles of war and beauty. As a hobbyist historian, he took in books on the subject and looked through local records for intriguing details. When Stanislas stumbled upon the obscure mention of a hidden chamber in the Abbey, used by senior monks to spy on the conversations of younger monks. A sort of holy wiretapping. Stanislas became obsessed by its existence and how nobody seemed to mention it in decades. He deduced that if he could access this chamber, it would lead straight to the library. The library was for scholars of the order only. A restaurant and hotel next to the abbey drew in many tourists, and although they were allowed to walk the cloisters and courtyards alongside the monks, up in the library, the ancient books were not open to the public. When the police began to look for the missing manuscripts, they assumed it must have been one of the priests. When that turned up nothing, they began tapping on floorboards and recommending a change of locks. Still books slowly leaked out of the abbey. The case remained a mystery until, by accident, a detective casually leaned on one of the library's bookshelves. It jostled open to reveal the thief's access point. Senior abbey residents were dumbstruck, unaware of its existence. The hidden chamber led to the attic of an abbey workshop. That day they installed a video camera and the same night it caught Stanislas in the act, carrying climbing rope and some new ancient manuscripts. In a court case, Stanislas explained the caper over cliff walls and narrow stairways that led to the Abbey's library. What drove him at first was curiosity. When he discovered the mention of the hidden chamber, curiosity and the thrill of adventure took over. He must have felt like a child in summertime, stumbling upon an old storm drain to explore, with no adults looking. His heist worked like this. During the day, he arrived on bicycle, with a rope ladder and climbing equipment packed away. From the hotel and restaurant, he peeled off from the tourist groups and entered an open corridor next to the abbey. From there, a narrow stone staircase led up to the next level. Facing one of the exposed cliff faces that made up some of the abbey fortification wall, he free-climbed up. Each handhold could lead to a slip and a painful fall. But when he reached the top, he could easily slip into one of the old abbey workshops which once housed tanners, smiths, and shoemakers in medieval eras. Following instinct and inferences from the specialist article, he entered the workshop attic and snaked through the old secret passageway until he found himself on the opposite side 
of a bookshelf. He pressed it open and discovered a locked, quiet reading room full of rare books. He was in a book lover's waking dream. Light shone through the stained glass windows on covers of thick wood which made them look alive. He fingered through the masterful illustrations like a comic book from another world. He brushed off decades of dust layered in the library, along with pigeon droppings scattered on the floor, the shelves, the books themselves. It is safe to say that they went underappreciated, stuck up there in the Abbey Library. Or at least, that's what Stanislas thought. For hours he would sit and read, sometimes late into the night by candlelight. With no librarian oversight or restrictions, he had the full range of the place. When he was finished, he would retrace his steps back through the workshop and down a rope ladder on the cliff face wall to a courtyard next to the hotel and restaurant. He learned to time his exit around the same time as the departing dinner guests. Like a scene out of Ocean's Eleven, he slipped into the night onto his bicycle and coasted down the road through the pine and maple trees. Saint Odile looked on from above as she always had, not blind to anything. After a few successful trips, he could not stop. It was addicting. So he began to take a few home to continue his reading. Nothing major at first, but after many visits, over a period of two years, he amassed over 1,100 of the Abbey's treasured texts. He never tried to sell them or share them with other collectors. When the police raided his apartment after catching him on video, they found the texts all very well attended to, some even restored to a better condition. Stanislas had even began to etch his name onto some of their opening pages. When Stanislas faced the courts, he was charged with a prison sentence of five years and a hefty fine. But the miracles of Saint Odile are not a thing of the past. In court, his defense team successfully convinced the judge to drop the prison sentence in place of community service. The judge granted leniency since Stanislas did not try to destroy the manuscripts or to sell them. And in some cases, he improved the relics. The judge directed him to work out his community service at the place he was so obsessed by, the Abbey's library. The priests of Mont Saint Odile Abbey forgave the thief and employed his expertise and love for the books as an assistant librarian, under more direct supervision this time. The secret chamber and its access were sealed off. After his community service, Stanislas stayed on as a volunteer guide and teacher. He no longer keeps the stories of the Abbey to himself, but shares them with the many tourists and pilgrims seeking a way through life's mysteries. Between the book thief and the saint, one of them will be able to guide them 
Secret Passages is researched, written, and produced by me, E.S. Rodenbiker. If you are enjoying these episodes, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps. And subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or however you listen to podcasts. If you have a Secret Passages story to tell, please let me know so I can look into it for a future episode. You can get in contact with me at secretpassagespodcast.com or on social media at secret.passages.pod. On the website, you can sign up for my monthly newsletter called Findings, where I share cool vibes for dark places. Basically, all the inspirational stuff that went behind the episode. If you are really enjoying this podcast, then please become a patron and contribute however you can. Think of it as a tip jar. If you have a few bucks lying around, throw them in. Thanks for listening, and see you on the other side.